on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. The Brewers go to Tampa, St. Petersburg to be specific, and they pick up a 5-3 win in the opener of a quick two-game series. Welcome in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Have you for the next 57 minutes. We'll be taking you till 11 o'clock this evening. If you want to join the program, multiple ways to get connected. You can call or text in to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air as the Brewers come away with a 5-3 win. Probably the biggest story coming out of this one, Brandon Woodruff. Look good. Five innings, one run on two hits, 10 strikeouts, and no walks for Woodruff. You talk about vintage Woodruff right there. He gets 10 strikeouts in five innings, throwing 76 pitches. That was probably about as far as they wanted him to go here in his first time pitching in a big league game for quite some time. And you just kind of have to wonder how much maybe that Raynaud syndrome that he was dealing with was potentially bothering him when the season actually got started. And maybe even beyond this year, I don't know. Uh, it, it's especially exacerbated during cold weather time, so that's how it was early on in the season. But Woodruff looked really, really good. An interesting bullpen move in the eighth inning when they go to Jason Alexander. That did not go great for him or the Brewers. Devin Williams ends up coming in to get the final out of the eighth inning, but then Josh Hader able to close it down. Brewers don't do a whole lot. Uh, against uh, Shane Boz, and then he comes out of the game as he was just about at his uh, pitch limit for the day at 95 pitches, and uh, the Brewers were able to have some success against the Tampa Bay bullpen specifically with Andrew McCutcheon and uh, Luis Urias, each hitting home runs. They each come in the sixth inning as the Brewers put up a four spot in the sixth, and they win today by a 5-3 score. 855-616-1620, that is the Yankee at Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Vinny Rotino is going to join us coming up in just a couple moments. Uh, also, we will hear the post-game comments of a manager, Craig Council. Those will be coming your way at about 10.35, and then about five minutes after that, we will get uh, the post-game highlights. So a lot to get to between now and 11 o'clock. The Brewers get a good 5-3 win in Tampa. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball at 99. And it's a 1-2-3. Strike out the side inning for Josh Hader in the bottom of the ninth. 5-3. Brewers get the win over the Rays. They're looking for a two-game series sweep if they can get it tomorrow morning slash early afternoon. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewer Vinny Rotino joining the program as well. And Vinny, let's start with the most important thing here. You tweeted this out a little while ago. You were texting me about it. Uh, you and Craig Kishon had the uh, the big glove, the Thor glove, or whatever in the world that thing is. Uh, and uh, what they've scored 14 runs since uh, since then. So that's uh, that's you're taking all the credit, right? 15, Matt. Get it oh, right. Me. Let's go. <laughs> this, is, this is this is heavy duty 
data and analytics <laughs> without the glove or, or pre-yesterday before we sprinkled our little magic sauce on it. Uh, the Brewers are, have scored now 15 runs since then. So, um, you know, so, hey, th- that's science. That's data. That's, bi- that's big data right there. So, anyway, it was uh, – and I, I actually love these little, like, things that, that teams do in their dugouts right after a home run just to keep things loose. And I love the Brewers. They're bringing out this – I think it's the gauntlet glove. I actually don't even know what it's called, to be honest with you. We, we brought it on set for, the, for our pregame show two days ago, and we had some fun with it on camera. And uh, I had some fun in the, with the fans that were kind of right, right by the set there. And, um, yeah, it, it, I just love those little things that players do. Um, I think I saw Jack Peterson, although I thought this one was annoying last year when he was with the Cubs. I think he, I think someone handed him a like a like a Amazon package or something. He walked through the dugout with it. It was like a like a hair dryer. I don't even know what it was, but it's just hilarious what players come up with. And and this this one with the Brewers is just as just as funny and just as fun. I'm looking at this picture though of you. You know, you've got the you've got the glove around uh, Kashan's neck. You got the jawline showing, Vinny. You know, the biceps coming out of the polo a little bit. Like if this whole baseball analyst thing doesn't work, you can just go star in some like Marvel or DC movie, right? Let's, well, let's you know, let's you know, pump the brakes on that. But I do. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, we just like. To, I mean, Craig. And if people don't know, Craig Kashan is one of the funniest people I have ever met. In my life and um he is so funny uh so we have a lot of fun on set with stuff like that so um i know he has fun with dillard as well so yeah we we had some fun with that glove yesterday all right let's get into the game a little bit brandon woodruff looked really good five innings one run two hits 10 strikeouts no walks and he does it on 76 pitches it's tough to get 10 strikeouts on 76 pitches, it's even tougher to get it in five innings. What a performance from him. What an absolute brilliant performance. And he did it with with a commanded sinker and commanded four-seam fastball. And, and I I go back to this all the time with Brandon Woodruff that, you know, the, 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 the secondary stuff isn't that nasty in terms of like he doesn't get a ton of swing and miss on it he doesn't get a a ton of like super ugly swings on it like you see from from Corbin Burns all the time but what you do see is you see ugly swings on that sinker and because what it is is he pairs that four seamer with the sinker so one is staying straight and actually carrying really well through the zone in the four seam fastball at 97 98 and then and then he has that two seamer that just runs in on righty's hands it's really difficult to square either pitch up and hitters really have a hard time differentiating which one it is that's coming in there so he he commanded both extremely well he his delivery looked as synced up as i've ever seen it the ball was jumping out of his hand and that's a huge indicator that brandon woodruff's feeling good so glad everything is feeling great with him probably helped that he had a little extra rest from his arm probably he's feeling really fresh and i'm glad that the that dexterity thing in his fingers is coming back Okay, I think this is a really important thing for people to hear who want to learn about the art of pitching. So we talk about his sinker, and his sinker today, uh, eight of the 15 swings he got on it were swings and misses. Were, uh, so 53% of the times that he got a swing on his sinker today, it was a swing and a miss. We talk about somebody like Adrian Hauser, who has a great sinker, but he doesn't really get swing and misses on the sinker. That's more of a pitch to be able to induce ground balls, which Hauser is clearly very good at doing. So my question for you, Vinny, 
Are the sinkers between those two guys different, and that's why Woodruff is getting more swings and misses, or is it more about the fact that you include the other bit of the repertoire for Woodruff, and all of a sudden you compare that to other pitches the same way the changeup is more effective uh, when you got a guy who can throw a, a fastball? Is it more about the comparison of the two pitches, or are the pitches in comparison different? It's exactly right, Matt. It's the comparison of the two pitches, right? So if you do like an overlay, and I know that there's some, you know, accounts on Twitter, I think the Pitching Ninja like does overlays of pitches, and so you'll see both pitches come out of the same exact slot. So you have two videos uh, of the same pitcher overlaid over the top of each other, and, and each pitch is coming out of the same hand slot, and then all of a sudden, right at the cutout, you'll see one go to the right and one stay straight and even look like it's rising, and that's what Brandon Woodruff's overlay would look like, right? So it's one's a rise ball and one's a, a nasty lateral. It's more of a two-seamer for me. It's more of a lateral two-seam runner, but it's nasty, and it's it's so hard. Um, it's it, Whereas, whereas Adrian Hauser's has more sink on it. It's more late sink. And then his four-seamer doesn't have quite the, the hop on it, the carry, the, the vertical rising effect to it. Adrian Hauser just doesn't have consistency with that. So I think hitters more key on that, that sinker, and they just go ahead and, and take their chances with the four-seamer. Whereas with Woodruff, you have to contend with both. Both are equally nasty, if that makes sense. It's... For me, I just kind of wonder because they, they learned about this, you know, the Raynaud syndrome after he was out with the ankle issue, and we saw the way the season started. And I wasn't surprised that he had a slow start to the season because I still go back to the press conference he had after his final spring start, and he basically said, "Man, I wish there was another couple weeks of spring training." So I was expecting the slow start from him. The slow start extended a little bit longer than I was expecting it to. And now I, I personally have to wonder, was he maybe being impacted by that Raynaud syndrome before he even had the ankle issue? Great question, because it certainly didn't look like he had great feel for the baseball all the way up until he got hurt and he came out of that game with that high ankle sprain. So I, that's a really good question. Um, it, Brandon Woodruff talks all the time about having his delivery synced up, and that's when that ball jumps out of his hand. And when he's able to command it, he kind of talked about like how he wasn't synced up. And you heard Chris Hook talk about that a little bit. You heard some other. You heard you heard Craig Council talk about it a ton, where he wasn't synced up, and you saw his command be affected by that. You also saw the velocity wasn't as high in some of those starts. And so maybe, just maybe, he couldn't really necessarily feel the ball. And when that happens, when you don't have great feel for the baseball pitchers are going to try and do a little extra with their body and then you're going to actually see a slower arm you're going to see a not synced up delivery you're going to see you know balls kind of spraying all over the zone and you're going to see balls not jump out of their hand and so maybe that is what happened with Brandon Woodruff that's a great point Matt I wouldn't be surprised 5-3, the Brewers get the win in Tampa. An interesting bullpen decision was made in the eighth inning. We'll break that down. I'll give Vinny's thoughts on that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Can for two tonight. And he launches one down the left field line. Oh, Rosarena going back to the wall. It is gone! McCutcheon with a two-run shot, and the Brewers up 2-1 to one here in the sixth. 
Two home runs there in the sixth inning. They score four runs. That's their big inning, 5-3. The Brewers get the win in Tampa over the Rays. Brewers extra innings continues here on WTMJ. I'm Matt Pauley. Alongside is Vinny Rotino. If you want to join us, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Vinny, the one move that was made in this game that I think was a little bit questionable was going to Jason Alexander in the eighth inning when Devin Williams uh, was available. And, yeah, it's kind of funny. We we get stuck in these baseball things sometimes where if you take a step back, they kind of don't make sense. I, the difference between one run and two runs is one run. The difference between two runs and three runs is one run. The difference between three runs and four runs is one run. But all of a sudden, when you go from that three-run to that four-run spot, everything changes because we're not labeling it as a save situation anymore. And in that situation, they decide to sit Devin Williams down, and they go with Alexander in that spot. And he failed, and Williams ended up coming in anyways. And it just it felt odd. That whole sequence just felt odd. Yeah, because I agree it felt odd, right? Because because Williams was hot. He was ready to come in and all of a sudden the Brewers score a, a run late in that inning and then they and then they sit Devin Williams down and they bring in a guy who's only been starting at the big league level. We don't really know what you're going to get from Jason Alexander in terms of his ability to come out of the pen and throw strikes. That's a difficult thing to do, especially if you are used to starting all year long. He's been used to starting. like He's not come out of the bullpen at all in Nashville. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a weird... It was a weird and kind of just like a head scratcher moment. Like, okay, let's let's go ahead because Devin Williams is hot. Let's just bring him in. It's a four run game. This is a not that dangerous of a lineup. The, the Rays have had a really hard time scoring runs lately. So you just didn't you didn't think the game was in question by any means. But um, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a strange situation. Um, I don't I don't know what to make of it because I'm I'm with you. So all of a sudden, because it's three and then the four, it's not a safe situation. So, um, I, 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 I more of a head scratcher to be honest was when they brought <laughs> took out Shane Boz when uh, Kevin yeah. Cash took him out. So that was a little bit of a head scratcher as well. But I, I'm with you on the on the change there with Jason Alexander. All right, so and look, clearly they wanted Alexander to go the final two innings, and you try to avoid using Williams and Hayter, especially with a day game, an early day game after a night game tonight. Like I think there's some some validity in that. I I don't feel like Alexander profiles as a relief guy, Vinny, right. just in the sense that he gives up so much traffic, and it just this what I'm about to say isn't going to make any sense, but it, it but it's true. <laughs> it's something that doesn't make sense, but it's true at the same time. Starters who give up a lot of traffic can, like, work around it. Relief pitchers who give up a lot of traffic give up a lot of runs. Yeah, and they're going to have a short leash in those in those instances, right? Just, just like we saw. He gave up the two walks, the pass ball, and then a couple of cheap runs, and all of a sudden he's out of the game. Because if he was starting, he'd be able to work around that, work through that, start with a clean inning the next inning so I'm totally with you it makes sense he do, he's not a strikeout guy he's a ground ball guy um, it's it's almost similar to a Brent Suter where so like the only real role if you are going to use either of those guys out of the pen is a clean inning you know that they're going to go multiple you know it's going to be like a longer relief at least two inning type of a situation so um, 
I'm just at this point. I'm just confused. Maybe they just wanted to get Jason Alexander some work. Maybe it was his bullpen day. They wanted to get him an inning because I like him in the in the rotation. They yeah. have Brandon Woodruff back. I'm hoping, and as much as I like what Chichi Gonzalez has done in a couple of starts, going four innings, a couple of starts, I, I do wish and hope that Jason Alexander is still in the rotation and Chichi's maybe bumped to that pen. We'll see what happens, but I I certainly hope that was the case. On Shane Boz, the only thing I can think of is his pitch count was at 95. Yeah. He had not thrown more than 78 pitches in a, in an outing this year. So I, you know, they probably don't want him going past 100. They don't have confidence that maybe he can get that third out in less than five pitches. It, it had to be a pitch count thing, but it feels like you're so close, you give him one more batter. Yeah, and it was definitely a pitch count thing. It was also definitely a matchup thing. You brought in Matt Whistler against Andrew McCutcheon, who has really struggled against sliders. I'm looking at baseball savant, and he's got he's he's hitting 162 against sliders, and that's all that um, Matt Whistler throws. He's 90. 2% slider guys. So um, that was what they were thinking, 100%. Um, obviously backfired on him, but uh, I, I would think that you would give him one more hitter. He is such a young, um, pr- great arm. My goodness, he looked like he was playing catch in the backyard with his kid, and he was like 97 with a nasty, disgusting slider. So uh, I'm sure that's probably what they were thinking with the pitch count, but uh, obviously it didn't work out for him. No, it certainly did not. All right, Vinny, good stuff as always, and uh, we'll talk to you later on in the week. Sounds good, Matt. We'll talk to you later. All right, that's Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, joining us. 5-3, the Brewers get the win in Tampa. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Brewers get the win tonight. More in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The pitch, and Luis Urias, a high drive, deep left field, back on it, gone! Another two-run shot for the crew here in the sixth. 5-3, Brewers get the win in Florida over the Tampa Bay Rays. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Doug texting in, says all of a sudden, this lineup is looking interesting again. Good power in the middle. Yelich looking like a real leadoff guy. And power in the back of the lineup with Taylor. Getting Woodruff back gives them a legit number two starter again. Looks like the worm has turned. Yeah, Doug, so you said a couple things there which I think are, uh, are interesting. First off, when it comes to the lineup, I always this is the caveat that I always throw in there. We make way too much of lineups. We just do. Uh, Craig Council will tell you the same thing, and he's right. I, we make way too much of lineups. That being said, there are some things you want to accomplish in the lineup, and I like the way this lineup was built. If you just accept that Christian Yelich is no longer going to be what he was in twenty in twenty seven uh, twenty eighteen twenty nineteen, and just to, you just move forward and try to get the best out of him. Well, leadoff guy gets on base, has occasional pop. Once he gets on base, he can steal some bases. He can make the pitcher uncomfortable. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, the rest of the lineup. I, I I just like how it all sets up. Adamas in the two hole. I always like. 
I like the guy in the two spot who can hit for average and also has a little bit of pop there. And I know Adamas isn't hitting for average this year, but does he look like a 217 hitter? Like that's one of those you look at his numbers and you go, "What? How? I've been watching him all year long. How is he only hitting 217?" It feels like that's that's not indicative of what he's done. And I'm the guy who always drops the Jay Z line of women, women lie, men lie, women lie. Numbers don't. And so the numbers don't lie. He's a 217 hitter, but my goodness, it just doesn't feel like he's a 217 hitter. Then Telez and McCutcheon, 3-4. Wong comes back. If if you're going to have Yelich in the uh, in the leadoff spot, you can put Wong in the middle of the lineup. He's got a little bit of pop, followed by Urias, Narvaez, Taylor, and then Peterson. And think about this when Renfro gets back. So when Renfro returns, you're probably taking Peter. You know, if if you're looking at a base lineup, you're taking Peterson out and you're putting Renfro in. And whether it's Yelich DHing or McCutcheon DHing, like that doesn't matter. I'm just talking about the the guys that you have in the lineup against right-handed starters. And if you kind of use what you have right now, Yelich, Adamas, Telez, McCutcheon, uh, one through four, and then you put Renfro in that five spot. If you want to put Renfro in front of McCutcheon, whatever, either either one of those guys in the spot. But I'd probably go Yelich, Adamas, Telez, McCutcheon, then Renfro, then Wong, Urias, Narvaez, and Taylor. Uh, one through nine. I like that lineup. It's not an all-star lineup. It's not a average seven runs a day lineup. But that that lineup is going to score you enough runs to win a lot of games. I, I it just it has to. Those players that I just mentioned are good enough to go score some runs and win some games. We'll we'll find out tomorrow if there's any issue with Jace Peterson. I think he lucked out on that play when he was coming in from right field. If you just heard it, didn't see it, uh, essentially what happened was they have the bullpen mounds uh, in the field of play in foul territory down the lines, and as he was running, he hit the mound, and his knee basically hit the ground, and his leg like slid forward where his knee then like banged into almost the like the incline the side of the mound it looked bad when it happened it looked really like I I saw it happen and the first thing that went through my mind was okay another guy going on the injured list and he was down for a moment and then he got up uh, eventually he was removed from the game but he, he was in there for a while he was removed from the game for defensive purposes not because he was banged up that looked bad to me especially when when it's a knee I think the Brewers lucked out in a pretty big way that that situation with Peterson uh, was not worse than it actually was. Brewers win in Tampa, 5-3 the final score. They'll wrap up the series with a morning game tomorrow afternoon out east, but morning for us here in the uh, Central Time Zone. More about that later on, but up next we'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's after that. This that this is Brewers Extra Innings. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Rene Pinto, two more strikeouts in the inning. And how about double-digit strikeouts for Brandon Woodruff? Ten of them here tonight. And the Brewers get a 5-3 win in Tampa over the Rays. Brewers extra innings continuing here on WTMJ. We'll get the postgame highlights coming up in just a few moments. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Brandon Woodruff was really good. 
making his return off of the injured list. It had been a while since we had uh, last seen him pitch. He left with an ankle injury, then found out he had uh, Raynaud syndrome. He's out almost a month. He goes from May 20, or just a little bit more than a month, goes from May 27th to June 28th. He returns, giving up just one run on two hits in five innings, 10 strikeouts and no walks. He was certainly locked in today. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago opened up his thoughts talking about Woodruff's performance. I mean, we knew he was healthy as far as that. I think just, um, you know, throwing 75 kind of intense pitches, you know, that that's kind of the test of it. And, you know, pitch 76 or whatever in the fifth was, was just as good as the first one. So when, when you see something like that, you, you feel like you got a healthy pitcher. Do you just want to be conservative and just kind of keep it there with him? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, you know, as expected, I think that the, just the big league start is just a little bit more. Um, so we kept him at the, that, that was kind of what we were expecting. But keep him at the same pitches um, that he got through five innings is, is impressive. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll build it from here. Impressive was the command, too. Yeah. In the zone. Well, yeah. I mean, he was. I, mean, I think Woody has room for air with his fastball when he's throwing like that. Um, and then that's what we saw. But, um, you know, he you slow the hitters down a little bit with the off speed, but the fastball is so good that it's it's hard for them not to, to be on it. Even when they're looking for it, he can, he can get it by you. Leecho said it was a credit to the hitting coaches for the report on, yeah. on Whistler of, you know, just look for sliders and your guys take advantage. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, look, you know, I think the league has gone in with that my guess, I mean, the, the numbers are, are pretty uh, kind of hit you in the face, and he's had a lot of success. He's been really good this year. So, um, you know, you still got to hit him, and, and our guys uh, look for it and, and, and hit it tonight. All two out damage too. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. No, I mean it was a, it was a, obviously a big inning. I mean, we came in and um, you know Baz did a great job. Was was a really really impressive young pitcher. Um, and uh, there's there's two outs when Whistler comes in, and, and we put you know four straight, well it's really three three really good at bats, and Omar ended up finished it with a hit, but uh, three really just good at bats. Is is there any sense of it's a new guy coming in once once Baz comes out? I know because Kutchin put you know two good swings on him, so I don't know if that's kind of yeah. I mean, is. you know, I mean, I think he's Baz is coming off an injury as well, so um, you know, it was kind of as the inning set up, it was. You could kind of tell that that was going to be his last hitter, so it made sense. Um, but it was just, you know, we got a, he threw a good first pitch slider to, to McCutcheon and threw the same pitch and left a little bit more out of the, out over the plate. With Alexander, is he, is this, is this going to be bullpen going forward or is it just kind of a, a today and assess? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, this was, he was on the same day as Woody, so, um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see where it, we'll see where the next next appearance comes. Um, I think he's capable of doing both, and and we'll just see how it goes. Well, the guy takes a month off and then has no walks and ten strikeouts. That's uh, sort of startling, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the no walks is certainly impressive for sure. Um, but just a testament. I, his fastball is just—he's got a great fastball. Um, there's a reason why hitters talk about his fastball a lot. Um, you know, we saw it tonight. Hitters do talk about his fastball a lot, and I remember when he was first coming up. And we've—it was kind of fun tonight because there was a lot of discussion about Woodruff first coming up because he made uh, that that first start against Tampa all those years ago, 
and I always thought like I always find it interesting to listen to what's being said over in the other clubhouse about a pitcher's performance because your manager, your your teammates, your guys are always going to say something. But I can tell you, um, especially when Woodruff was not a known commodity and teams were facing him for one of the first times and he was doing what now we all know he can do, I always remember just the comments that would be made out of the other clubhouse from players and opposing managers about how good Woodruff was. And it was things that were being said about Woodruff that are only said about the best of the best. Now, I do think we're at a point now where people know who he is. People know how good he is. So some of those remarks you don't hear quite as much anymore. But over the first couple years of his career, you can go back and you can find some really cool things that were said about him coming out of the other clubhouse. 5-3, the Brewers get the win in Tampa. They're going to wrap up the series playing a technically an afternoon game tomorrow because it's going to be a 12-10 first pitch in Tampa, but for us here in the Central Time Zone, it's going to be an 11-10 a.m. start coming up tomorrow. We don't get a whole lot of those, but we get one coming up tomorrow. But before we can get to that, we got to continue to talk about tonight's game. Brewers get the 5-3 win over the Rays. We're going back to the game with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. A 5-3 win for the Brewers over the Rays. Tonight, pitching matchup, Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the first time in about a month in a big league game. Shane Boz, a good young pitcher for the Rays, making the start. And for Woodruff, he would have a quite the start to the game. First battery that he faces in the bottom of the first inning is Yandy Diaz. 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss. Ran a two-seamer down and in on him. And he strikes out Diaz. He would have a 1-2-3 first inning with a couple strikeouts. Would continue to strike guys out in the second inning with one out. Isak Paredes strikes out, and then it's Josh Lowe at the plate. Here comes the 3-2 pitch. And that is a call third strike. A fastball right at the knees at 98. And boy, is the fastball jumping tonight for Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, it was. Two strikeouts in each of the first and second innings. He does better in the third. Strikes out Taylor Wall. Strikes out Renee Pinto. Brings up the former Brewer, Brett Phillips. The wind-up 0-2 pitch. Phillips swings and misses. 99 miles an hour up the ladder. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night, Brett Phillips. The Rays do make a little bit of noise in the bottom of the fourth inning. Diaz leads the inning off with a double. A ground out moves him to third. After a strikeout of Harold Ramirez, it's Randy Arozarena at the plate. Woodruff with a 3-1 pitch. Swing and a line drive towards second, but out of the reach of Holt Wong and into right center to give the Rays the lead. Arozarena delivers. That would be the one run the Rays score against Brandon Woodruff in the fifth inning. He locks right back in. He strikes out Josh Lowe. That's his ninth strikeout of the day. After a Taylor Walls pop-out, it's Renee Pinto at the plate. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Renee Pinto. Two more strikeouts in the inning. And how about double-digit strikeouts for Brandon Woodruff? Ten of them here tonight. Yeah, pretty good. That would be his final out that he would record. He's done after five innings. Brewers make some noise of their own in the top of the sixth inning. 
Christian Yelich leads the inning off with a base hit. Willie Adama strikes out, but Yelich steals second. And then Rowdy Telez strikes out. So coming off a strikeout of Rowdy Telez, the decision is made to lift Shane Boz. Now he's at 95 pitches, but you had to wonder whether or not you would give him one more batter. They don't. They go to Matt Whistler, and the first batter that Whistler faces is Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon 0 for 2 tonight. And he launches one down the left field line. Oh, Rosarena going back to the wall. It is gone. McCutcheon with a two-run shot, and the Brewers up two to one here in the sixth. So that makes that decision to go away from Shane Boz that much more questionable. Colton Wong then has a ground rule double down the right field line, and it brings up Luis Urias. The pitch. And Luis Urias, a high drive, deep left field, back on it, gone! Another two-run shot for the crew here in the sixth. Omar Narvaez gets a single, but nothing more in the inning. Four runs on five hits, and the Brewers have a 4-1 to lead going to the bottom of the sixth inning when Trevor Gott comes on. Gott gives up a couple hits and nothing more, and it remains 4-1 to as we go to the seventh. Brad Boxberger puts up a zero in the seventh inning. So to the eighth, we move along with one out. Colton Wong walks, and it brings up Luis Urias. 3-2 pitch. Line down the right field line. Running over into the corner is low. He's not going to get there. It'll two-hop the wall in the corner. Around third, headed for home is Colton Wong. The relay is cut off. Now they throw to second behind Urias, and he's going to be tagged out. But the run is plated. Devin Williams was warming during that time, but as it moves from a three-run game to a four-run game, clearly the decision is made to stay away from Williams and try to get Jason Alexander just to throw the final two innings and not be forced to use Williams or Hayter. That plan does not work. Alexander comes on to pitch in the bottom of the eighth inning. He walks Brett Phillips, then he walks Yandy Diaz, so runners on at first and second. A pass ball by Omar Narvaez puts runners on at second and third. Wander Franco then hits a sacrifice fly. That scores Phillips. It moves Diaz to third. It makes it a 5-2 game. And then Harold Ramirez has an RBI ground out to score Diaz. That makes it a 5-3 game after Randy Arozarena gets a base hit that goes off of Jason Alexander just above his knee. That ends Alexander's day, not because he was hurt from the line drive, just because he was not overly effective. Devin Williams then comes on for uh, the Brewers. He walks Isak Paredes, so uh, runners on at first and second, and then Josh Lowe grounds out. Uh, Parade, actually it's a uh, fielder's choice. Paredes is out at second, and the eighth inning comes to an end. The Rays score two runs to get back in it. Sean Armstrong pitches the ninth inning for Tampa, puts up a zero, so we head to the bottom of the ninth inning. New pitcher into the game is Josh Hader. First batter he faces is Taylor Walls. 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball at 99 from Hader. And that's the first out of this ninth inning. The Rays then go to their bench and bring in a pinch hitter in Vidal Brujan. 1-2, swing and a miss. He blew a fastball by him at 99. And then one more pinch hitter coming up to the plate. It's Francisco Mejia. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball at 99. 
And it's a 1-2-3 strikeout through side inning for Josh Hader in the bottom of the ninth. And the Brewers get the 5-3 victory with the win. The Brewers go to 43-33. They're back to 10 games above 500. The Rays drop to 40-33. Winning totals for the crew, five runs, nine hits, one air. They leave five. For Tampa, three runs, five hits, no airs. They leave six. Winning pitcher, Brandon Woodruff, he goes to 6-3. Whistler takes the loss. He drops to 2-2. Two two. Josh Hader the save, his 23rd of the year. Home runs, Andrew McCutcheon, his seventh. Luis Urias also hitting his seventh of the year. The game lasting three hours and 21 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 13,742 folks at Tropicana Field. Brewers get the win in St. Petersburg against the Tampa Bay Rays. 5-3 the final score. We'll preview the series finale coming up tomorrow. We'll get you some scores from around baseball, and we'll get out of here for the night. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win in Tampa over the Rays. Brandon Woodruff returns for the first time in about a month. One run, two hits, ten strikeouts, no walks. Quite impressive. Home runs tonight from Andrew McCutcheon and Luis Urias. Just a good all-the-way-around game. This is the way the Brewers need to win games. This is the kind of the cookie-cutter game for the Brewers. Strong starting pitching, good bullpen pitching, couple home runs. And you should be able to win more often than not. They score five runs tonight. We kind of identify four runs as being that number where more often than not they are going to win. They get the five tonight, and that was more than enough as they come away with the 5-3 victory. Let's go around the NL Central. Brewers fans were Marlins fans tonight. It doesn't work out well there, though. Cardinals come up with a 5-3 win over Miami. Dakota Hudson makes the start for St. Louis, goes five, three runs, six hits, three strikeouts, one walk. He picks up the win as he he goes to six and four on the season. Uh, Cardinals are forty-three and thirty-four. Reds and Cubs playing in Chicago at Wrigley. The Reds come away with a 5-3 win. Luis Castillo makes the start for Cincinnati. He goes six, gives up just five hits, 11 strikeouts, and three walks tonight uh, for Castillo. He was locked in as he picks up the win. Keegan Thompson takes the loss for the Cubs. Doesn't pitch per se poorly. Six in the third, four runs and eight hits. He had eight strikeouts, no walks. Something about NL Central pitchers tonight getting a whole bunch of strikeouts, says uh, Woodruff with the 10, Castillo with the 11, Thompson with the 8th. Jonathan India does hit a home run for Cincinnati, his second of the year. Pirates, they lose in our nation's capital to the Washington Nationals by a 3-1 score. Jose Quintana, though, does pitch well for the Buccos. Six innings, he allows one run on four hits Six strikeouts, two walks. He does not factor into the decision. Diego Castillo hitting a home run for the Pirates. That was his eighth of the season. Around the Brewers minor league system, we'll start at Low A Carolina at home tonight. They played host to Fayetteville, and Carolina comes away with an 8-5 victory. High A Wisconsin, they were hosting Cedar Rapids this evening at Fox City Stadium, but they are unable to complete the game. Cedar Rapids with two runs in the first, three more in the third. That game has been suspended in the bottom of the third inning due to weather and it is set to uh, resume coming up tomorrow. 
Double-A Biloxi. They score one in the sixth, two more in the seventh, and they come back from a 2-0 deficit to knock off the Mississippi Braves by a 3-2 score at MGM Park in Biloxi. And then at Triple-A, uh, Nashville loses at home today to Indianapolis. 6-3 was the uh, final score. Uh, Nashville does get a home run from John Singleton, his 10th of the year. Old friend Ben Gamble, who's on a rehab assignment from the Pirates with uh, the Indianapolis Indians, he hit a home run against uh, Nashville tonight. Alec Bettinger ended up taking uh, the loss for Nashville. He drops to 0-4 with a 6.59 ERA. In our game, once again, the Brewers, they get the win over Tampa by a 5-3 score. I'm going to be interested to see what Brandon Woodruff looks like his next time out. Uh, Craig Council talked about how kind of refreshed and ready he was for this game today, and he looked it. Uh, now what does he look like his next time out as he gets back into that routine of uh, starting every uh, fifth day? He's back in the rotation. But his fastball, it was humming along today. It looked really, really good. And that's a, for a team that has seen its pitching depth kind of dissipate a little bit, over the last month plus, it might be a pretty big development to see vintage Brandon Woodruff back. We'll see if he can follow it up with another vintage-type performance, but that was uh, possibly a big moment for uh, this team going the rest of the way this year. Brewers and Rays are set to wrap up the series tomorrow morning. The Brewers will have left-handed pitcher Eric Lauer on the mound. He's 6-3 with a 3.89 ERA. The Rays are expected to go with Jalen Beeks on the mound, 1-1. One a 2.59 ERA, 11 at 10 first pitch. That means coverage begins at 10.35 here on WTMJ.